Welcome to the Be Real podcast. I am your host, Diana Gasparoni. I am a visionary psychotherapist, CEO, and founder of Be Well Psychotherapy and Be Her programs. Along with my amazing co-hosts, Anisha Salisbury and Divya Robin, each week we will talk about the journey of mental health wellness. We will talk about why your mental health is just as important as your physical health and the connection that being mentally well has on all areas of your life. We will be interviewing psychotherapists from various disciplines and schools of thought, doctors from both Eastern and Western disciplines, authors, change makers, thought leaders, and more. Our mission is to bring you information that is both thought-provoking and encourages you to look closer at your mental and emotional well-being. We will give you tips and insights to taking the next steps, or if you have already gotten in the door, to go deeper. Each week, we are going to have real conversations, helping you work through your mental wellness questions, reminding you that you are not alone. Mental health is my passion. I practice what I preach. I know that the struggle is real. It is our mission to touch as many souls as we can with this content, leading you to a place of mental clarity and well-being. So for the next hour, let's work together and look underneath the surface and get real. Hey, hey, Uh, welcome to Be Real. Uh, Welcome back to Be Real. Today, we, Anisha and I, are um, decided to host a special bonus episode on language and grief. We have been discussing back and forth just our feelings about what's going on in the world right now and how what we're hearing, how we're feeling, how we're checking in on each other. We wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about what we're seeing and also um, give you some tips, some just some thoughts, some encouragement, some like a big warm hug. So that's what we're going to do today. Here she is. Here's my girl. Hi, Diana. I have to tell you, this is always the highlight of my week. Um, this is our escape, we call it, right? From everything yeah. that's going on around us. We get to do our podcast. We get to laugh. Uh, we get to see each other. We get to smile at each other. So it's really nice. And we have been talking about this. And I said, Diana, we, we got to talk about grief. Because right now, grief is all around us right? Like not just us, but everyone who is listening right now, grief is all around you as well. Thought we needed to talk about it because it's a collective grief, right? And so it's not like we are grieving in ways we are grieving individually, right? In isolation, but it's also a collective grief. So I felt like it was something that we needed to talk about. I don't know if I'm excited to talk about grief, right? But (laughs) I'm excited to see your face. Yes. And I'm glad that we are naming it and we're talking about it. Yes. Yes. I think that naming it, talking about it, I mean, sharing our experience, but really identifying some of the different ways we're grieving, what we can expect from ourselves during this time, how to be gentle, how to go slow, how to just sit if we can and find language around what we're feeling. I think that's going to be one of the hardest things for a lot of people. We decided as we were warming up today that (laughs) we would have Dawn our wonderful producer, jump in and ask us some questions to kick us off so we could, um, so instead of this free association of grief, which is what we would probably do, uh, we have some direction. So, hey, Don. Hello, ladies. How are we today? We are good, Don. How are you? I am hanging out with my two favorite therapists, so it's, it's not a bad, bad way Woo! to spend the day. Ooh, I think we just got promoted. <laughs> I think we just moved up a chart just a little bit. You've never said favorite before, so I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. You know, I love being the favorite. <laughs> I work really hard at it. The two of you shared this title, by the way. So, you know, yeah, just- I fully agree that we are sharing this. Mm-hmm. We are sharing the spotlight here. It's mean, like saying, <laughs> which is which favorite son do I have? I, they're, they're both my favorites. So, exactly. So, there we go. Let's get started by defining what grief means now and what grief meant to you before. So, and I know that's a very ambiguous question and I know it's very probably long. So let's, let's keep our definitions tight, um, like our abs and, uh, kind of move from there. (laughs) No, I'm on my COVID diet. So it's, I have an ab, just FYI. One ab. One abish. (laughs) An abish. Okay. My first association to grief is loss. When you experience a loss, you experience, you grieve in some way, no matter what the loss is. There is a, there is an emptiness. There is something that shifts. There is something that changes. There is something that is no longer there. 
And in that experience, when you are identifying that that thing is no, or a person or whatever it is, is no longer there, the feeling you begin to experience, you experience is grief. So the interesting thing is um, when I look to define grief, it talked about a deep sorrow caused by someone's death. And that's just so interesting that um, it only looks at the death of a person as something to grieve. And I think for a long time in my life, that's all I knew about grief. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think I knew that I had the permission to grieve the loss of other things. That's why I'm glad we're talking about this today, because I want to be able to let people know that you can grieve the loss of a job mm-hmm. if there's 22 million people claiming unemployment. You, you can definitely grieve that. You can, you can grieve the loss of a relationship, loved ones, of course, the way of life, right, that we have before this, our sense of normalcy, um, feelings of safety. So I think that I didn't learn that I can do that part probably till like when I, like before I became a therapist, you know, I was in therapy. So I was able to kind of process things in a different way. But I never knew that I can grieve and mourn the loss of of a relationship, say, right? Like, I love that person. That person is no longer in my life. I, you know, I need to grieve that. And it always, mm-hmm. always felt like it was something around death. So I think that's why it was so important for me today to kind of talk about this, because I want people to know that, like, you can grieve other things other than death. And I think that we look at death, we use the word death often, most specifically with a human, with the yes. loss of a person. Mm-hmm. And that if we used the word death when we lost that job that job died like it's no longer there the relationships that we had with people at work were cut off and that is also a form of death right it's not a physical death but it is a de- it, it is that loss is a death it's gone it's not coming back we're not going to go back people have been laid off and people have been furloughed with furloughed with the intention of possibly coming back to a job that will be different People have been laid off and a job will not be there and things will not be where they were or how they were. And it could be as in this, and I'm not saying this to be superficial, but you, your favorite restaurant that you had all of your most, your experiences (laughs) with all of your people, right? Like your you all went there, you did your thing, right? And you had a, you had a reservation for your next birthday party or your next anniversary or something, and that's gone. And that person that waited on you for 20 years is no longer there, and you don't know what happened to them. That loss is is a death. I mean, it's, it's just real. It's real. And, and that I think is the of this is to talk about that this is something that is real, and this is our reality right now. I was in a cab today, which I haven't been out, but I went out today to do some grocery shopping and some stuff, and to see like some of like you said, like some of my favorite places, some restaurants, like they were boarded up. Or in just Mm -hmm. some like places that I've been and just to look around like my city, you know, we are, we are taping this in New York city and, and our city has this like vibe to it, like just this feel. And, and, and so to, to, to drive down all of these streets and to see all of these things boarded up and to, again, not know if they will be back. So I might have to grieve the loss of those restaurants that are gone that I can no longer go to ever again. It made me sad. And I, you know, I want to be able to save a space for that. to actually talk about that, you know, to have someone like you that I can talk about that with. So I think that what we also want viewers to know that hopefully everything that's going on with us with this pandemic will make it easier for us to talk about grief as a society. Maybe we might be more open to talking about it since it's this collective grief that we're all dealing with. Yeah, I hope so. And being able to find language around the loss and letting, um, and letting people in your life know what you're experiencing, right? How to talk about, there's so many stages of grief, right? Like there are the five, and I'm air quoting for those of you who can't see me, <laughs> there's like five stages of grief that were written in the 60s, was it? Did Google yes. write them in the 60s? And so uh, at the time that she presented the five stages, it was very, like it was presented as very linear. Like, these are the five things that will happen. And I'm going to, I wrote them down like three times today and I know what they are, but I want to make sure that I get them right. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. But that those don't necessarily come all in that, like you go through phase one and then you're like, oh, today I'm going to go through phase two. Whoops. 
three weeks later, here I am in stage three. And then that's just not the way that's just not the way human beings and emotions work. And that when we when we watch the ebbs and flows and the fluctuations of our emotions, uh, really letting ourselves move through the feelings. I mean, from a personal perspective, I can see the different times that I've been like unrationally angry over the past five weeks about or however long just about something like the anger was displaced, right? Like it was, I wasn't angry about the fact that I couldn't get Zoom or the internet to work. I was angry that I had to get Zoom or the internet to work and I wasn't going to be able to have the connection with the person that I wanted in the way that I wanted. And that was what was really making me mad. And that I was, I was experiencing that loss of that being in the room, taking my time, getting to work, doing all the things that I do to like get myself in that space mm. to work. And like, that's gone. And now having to set up different systems and that I don't necessarily love, right? Like I, I love my job. I love working. I'm so grateful that I'm working, but I'm not so psyched about working from home. <laughs> I like my office. Like, I like it. I like going there. Makes me feel, makes me feel good makes me feel like I've accomplished something being able to to find that experience and yeah I'm gonna keep going but your turn, <laughs> your turn. so the the first one denial um that's like you know you're rejecting something that like is clearly obvious I think in the beginning I was in denial um because I was always I was like I'm going to work like listen you were I'm an essential worker okay I'm telling my partner like I'm going to work I need to be in my office. And I think that maybe I was in denial about what this whole pandemic was. But I, I think that I had every right because it was still in the very beginning. But still, I felt like life was supposed to in some way stay the same. Right. So I was in denial that everything was about to change. And so I thought about it. I was like, this is a survival mechanism. Right. Like this is how we've kind of been taught to survive. I'm not going to deal with what is obviously in front of me. I am going to deny that that is what's happening. And then I think that, you know, the anger came, right? Because the anger is a bit empowering. So I'm trying to gain control over my fears because I was angry that I couldn't see my clients, right? Because I think that there is this thing that happens when two people are in a room that is very different when I'm on video with my clients or when I'm over the phone. And mm -hmm. I, I wanted that connection. And I feel like for I wanted that for them, too, as their therapist. And I have this relationship with them. I wanted to still be able to be there in person with them in the same way that I have been, you know, every time that I've seen them, basically. So I just didn't want things to change. So I do remember being a little bit angry of all the changes that was happening in my life that I couldn't control. And I think that's where the anger came from. I just couldn't control all of the changes that were happening around me. Right. And you were, <laughs> I think we were all in shock because I definitely did not say don't go to the office. But I also think that one of the other things that's happening on top of like, we had the denial and I, I feel like it was, um, there was so much shock, right? Like things were happening and it like happened so fast. We were like, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. Oh no. Oh no, no, no. We're not new. No. We are, we are, <laughs> we are being told to stay home. And that, if it had just been that one day and we were told to stay home and that we would be, you'll be home for the next six weeks or you'll be home for the next, next eight weeks. But that's not what's happening. What's happening is every day we're waking up to more loss, more human beings, human souls being lost and jobs being lost and other, like other things being like, it was like a slow burn, right? Like every day you'd wake up and it'd be like, Oh, today you can't go into the parks or today you can't do this or we're asking you not to do this. We're asking you, I shouldn't say can't, we're asking you not to do this. We're asking you not to do this for the safety of the people around you. We want you to follow these rules. And as we're following these rules, we're adjusting to a new way of being, which will shift again. And we'll have to do this all over again. And then there'll be parts of this life that we really liked, and we're going to have to let go of them. <laughs> but for me right now, right now, in where we are, one of the hardest things for me is the masks. Okay. And I am wearing one and I'm going out and I'm making sure like when I go out, I have it on, but like, I couldn't get them. And that was just like, that crushed me for 24 hours. I was like, where are they? I can't get them. 
<laughs> but now they're mandated, right? Like I can't get them, but they're also now mandated in my city. And I can't, and I can't, I can't go into a grocery store without one, but I do have a scarf. Like I have a face covering. That human connection of being outside or being somewhere in the store, seeing somebody and seeing their face and not being able to see their whole face, their expression, that, that I, I can honestly say that that's bumming me off the most, hands down the most. And I, I'm appreciative of every single human who is walking outside with a mask on and doing the right thing because I really, really, really want some semblance of the new way of being, the next wave of being to start. And I know we're probably going to have to wear masks for a long time, especially here in the city, but um, that's the part. Like, and so when you, like when we were saying like that, this is this time that we get to like hang out together on the podcast and I get to see your face and like, you're smiling and I'm like, Oh, I know that face. I know that face. I know that smile. And I'm like so excited about it. Cause you're not going to roll up with a mask on. <laughs> so, right. right. It's, you know, it's been so interesting um, for me as well, like going outside. And I think that I'm grieving the loss of my routine. I love my routine. Like, I love the fact that I was out early. I didn't always love the fact that I was back late, but like, this was what it was. This is the thing that I did, you know, four days a week. Um, you know, I would see certain clients on certain days. You know, I look forward to seeing them. Um, you know, I looked forward to having my lunch at Hale and Hardy, like whatever I was going to do. It was my routine. It was my ritual. Right. And now that's gone. So there's a part of me that is also grieving the loss of my freedom. And when I talk about freedom, I'm talking about the freedom to go for a walk without a mask. That part. Right. Like yeah. there's all the other things. Right. Like going out to dinner with a friend, a bar, like I love a good brunch, right? All of those things. But I'm talking about the simple things that when I go outside, I have to prepare in a very different way. You know what I mean? I have to get the gloves. I have to get the mask. Um, You know, I got to figure out where am I going? What am I doing? I don't want to be out too long, right? Like, and it just doesn't feel good. And I understand that everything is not going to feel good. But I think I miss that too. <laughs> I miss the fact that, like, you know, things felt good a lot of the times for me in my life. I understand that everyone's life is different. But for me, a lot of times, you know, I've tried to set things up where things feel good. And so when I go outside all the time, it doesn't feel good. There is a bit of fear in it as well. And when you talked about like not seeing people's faces, I'm very good to say hello to people, you know. And today I was at the grocery store. And I could tell the woman was smiling at me, but I couldn't really see the smile, of course, right? Like I saw her cheeks kind of rise. So (laughs) I knew we were smiling at each other. (laughs) Um, But I wanted to talk to her because I wanted to let her know, like, I also was smiling at her and was in some ways happy to see her um, because she was healthy and she was out, you know, and she was able to kind of get the things that she needed in her life. So I I think that, um, yeah, I think that I've been dealing with all of the stages as well. And, and just kind of grieving the loss of different things in, in, in my life. Yeah. So I'd like to circle back actually a little bit. First of all, that was um, an old episode on circle back. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I'd like to say to both of you and to all the people that are out there serving on the front lines. Thank you. You ladies, even though you get to work from home, you're still working your tails off and, uh, and you know, it's, it's tough. So circling back to that particular topic, let's talk about working from home and loss and grief. I think I think for you ladies, the office is where you do your job. So that is a distinct place where you get the people's emotional and mental brain dump every single day that you service your clients and your patients. Change that now to this pandemic and you're seeing and talking to your clients through telehealth but it's telehealth through your home. There's a separation there. And I think for grief, we need time and we need our space. I think for you ladies, the grief is there's no separation there between home and work. For some of you, it might be in your bedroom. <laughs> for some of you, it might be <laughs> at your kitchen table. Um, but, you know, there's there's that space there. I guess I'd like to know how, one, how you're dealing with it, and two, Maybe how you're dealing with it might be a helpful tool for others how to deal with stuff that's going on in their home. Uh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I can go, I have, I've, I've put some, um, pretty specific boundaries around my day, which have been 
for me, super helpful. And I know that I've talked about this. Uh, I don't know how much I've talked about it on the podcast, but I know that I've talked about it in my work and that I have set up my desk to look like my desk at my office, which makes which made me very comfortable. But I only sit at that desk when I'm working because now we have two workspaces, right? Because neither one of us worked from home that often. So I my the workspace that I set up for myself is just for me. I make sure that I leave the apartment at least to get a breath of fresh air or I'm changing my clothes for work and then I'm changing my clothes for lounging. And I also bought two pairs. I mean, this is going to sound, I'm not, I sound a little funny, but I have work slippers and lounging slippers. So that like, also that everybody knows when I'm at work, right? Like, because the slippers that are outside are lounge slippers and the slippers that are on my feet are work slippers. And it has made it so that I can change. I also brought home a sound machine, which I know sounds a little bit crazy, but the sound of the sound machine makes comforts me that I'm working, right? I've had a sound machine outside my office door for almost 20 years now. And I come in and I turn it on in the morning and I shut it off at the end of the day. And now I come in, I turn it on before I close the door and I shut it off when the day is over. And that has been like a very good distinction. And I'm able to compartmentalize myself from my work. And I've kept all of my own. I mean, I have a good team. I have my own, I have a therapist and I have a two supervisors. So I've kept all of those in place to make sure that I feel supported. And I talk to Anisha every morning <laughs> before my day starts. <laughs> yes, we, we, we talk, we get some laughs and um, we cover some basic stuff that needs to be covered because we work together. But I think for me, I have made sure that just as I would any other day before the pandemic, I get straight into the shower, right? Like, so I do my thing. Like I straight into the shower. Um, I put makeup on. Um, I will say that I'm out of comfortable pants, right? Cause like no one can see what's going on at the bottom, right? So there's always comfortable pants, but there's like a good top, right? There might be a good necklace on, you know, like I'm together cause I have to be on screen every day, right? I know that I'm at work, right? Cause I got, I got the work shirt on, I'll say. <laughs> I want to side note that Athleta and Banana Republic did a mashup on their last email and it was like work top and comfortable pants. Go ahead. <laughs> it's hysterical. That's what I have going on. Yeah. I got to do laundry right now because I'm out of um, comfortable pants. I know that I'm at work. The difference is, is that um, my partner and I, so sometimes I'm working at the dining room table um, and if he's here, I'm, work- I'm working in our second bedroom. So I have two setups. So I know that I'm kind of working, but I do feel like I never really worked from home doing this, right? So th- th- we're not, I'm not going to say that this work that we do can't be done from home because of course we're showing everyone that we can. However, there is an office that people come to that they feel safe in, right? And that we also in some ways feel safe as well. And I, I think that that's been kind of hard for me. I understand that. I don't know. It, I don't know if it's co- about confidentiality or just knowing that I generally have like that sound machine out, you know, side my door. And then my clients are indoor in, in the office with me. And it's just the two of us. Now there's someone else in my home, right? While I'm doing sessions. So it kind of just feels different. So just not having that um, separation. And for me to be like the daughter, the sister, auntie, friend, therapist, wife, all at the same time, right? All of my intersecting roles. I do kind of grieve the loss of things being separate. Because generally when I'm at work, I'm at work, right? And I don't really take phone calls and everyone knows that. So I don't get phone calls during the day. But I think that now that we are going through the pandemic and I'm home, I think that gives people kind of permission to just kind of call whenever. And they're actually just calling on FaceTime now too, which is just kind of crazy. Um, so like answer the phone, <laughs> yeah, the, like I have the, someone's face. Yeah. FaceTime rules still apply. Like (laughs) FaceTime rules 100% still apply. Um, (laughs) There's no like, mm -mm. but I did find I turned the banner off on my text messaging so that I couldn't see them. So like if I'm on the phone that I won't know until I'm done. Right. Like, and then I go back and I look. So that was a game changer that that made everything better because I do think that regardless of what you do for a living right now, people, there's a lack of, not lack is not the right word, but there's more of a need for connection. In that need for connection, people are reaching out at times when normally no one would be available, but they're like, I need you now. 
or there's more because there's more anxiety at play, right? Like where, where are my people? What, what's happening? And even if you aren't affected with the amount of loss, I mean, there's loss across the entire country, right? I mean, in New York, we're in the epicenter. We, we've lost so many lives, but there are lives being lost everywhere. And how, whatever your relationship is to hearing, to experiencing or hearing, and, and you said it at the very beginning, and you said this is a collective grief. We're all in it. There's a, everybody is grieving in some way, shape, or form. And whatever, wherever you were emotionally prior to this will be heightened. And so if you were an anxious texter or needed to get in touch with a family member and it, in one way, six weeks ago, that it's on 27 right now. And you're like, hey, I need you now. <laughs> but it doesn't necessarily mean that you or anybody has to respond right away. Like you can get back to that person when you have the bandwidth and the emotional readiness to respond. And it's interesting because I don't know if people know that that is a thing, right? Like they can do it when they are ready, that they can kind of put boundaries around their time and, you know, um, how they feel when they can talk. I don't know if they know that because we are in a crisis, right? Because when we're in a crisis, everything feels like an emergency, right? Because all the anxiety is heightened. If I could tell listeners something, it would be to have some boundaries around your time, even though everyone is telling us that we have so much more time, That's which I don't necessarily believe. <laughs> Um, so like you might need to put boundaries around your time because you should have some time for you, right? Just like some quiet time. Like when you just kind of drown out all of the noise, because if it's not the noise of, you know, the media, right? Like, cause most of us in New York, we watch Cuomo every day, right? Some of us also watch de Blasio, right? <laughs> Letting us know everything that's kind of going on in the world of COVID-19, Sometimes that noise could be super loud, right? Like, so you, we got to know when to kind of drown all of that out, drown out like the people, the social connection, and just kind of have a moment alone to just kind of get in touch with your own feelings and figure out where you are. And also know that it's okay not to be okay. Cause I, I don't right. know if we've talked enough about that, right? Because right now we range from like overwhelmed, irritable, agitated, sad, stressed. Maybe happy too, right? Like, so all of these yeah, feelings. There's definitely been moments and don't, and you're giving so much good permission. I love everything about it. And also giving permission to be happy. Like you can have moments of happiness right now. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, even though I think we were talking about this recently, even though we feel like we're in a room that's on fire, right? <laughs> like there's a fire going on around us, right? Like, we can still have moments of joy. And I think that maybe we need to, as a society and everyone who's listening, try to find those pockets of joy for yourself, whatever they are. And that doesn't mean that because you're feeling joy right now that you are not having an understanding of the collective pain that is going on around you. You can right. still understand that and still have joy. Which is so wonderful to identify because I think that's one of the things that we, is missing in the conversations around grief is that when we talk about grief and we talk about the stages of grief, we talk about all of the new feelings that have been introduced into our experience, but we don't talk about the like the things that bring us joy. We are fortunate that we can still have them and that when we have those feelings to really enjoy those feelings and it's, it, it's wonderful and it's okay. And that, um, if you're experiencing joy and you haven't lost a job, that's still okay. And if mm -hmm. you have, if you, all of these overwhelming things have happened, like maybe you are the person and I'm sure there's more than one who has experienced the loss of income and experienced the loss of a loved one. And that there may also be a time in your right now, normal, new normal, whatever the we're calling it. I'm try, try so hard not to curse. Um, <laughs> it's really, really hard for me, but that you will have joyful moments and that, and that just is a reminder that you have strength and ego strength and you came into this experience with those things and that they're available to you, like, and to use them, right? They're how you're going to, how you're going to get through it, how you're going to muscle your way through these, whatever the feelings or experiences are that you're having. During this time of COVID-19, we want to remind you to be patient and breathe. If you notice that you are having trouble sleeping or concentrating, that is natural under these circumstances. 
We all need a minute to adjust. However, if you are feeling overwhelmed, extremely anxious, or the isolation is too much, now may be the time to connect with a therapist. If you are in the New York area, please reach out to BeWellPsychotherapy.com and if outside the area, please connect to a therapist near you. Again, if you're in the New York area, please contact BeWellPsychotherapy.com. Now, back to our show. You know, we can't change what's going on around us. Um, but nope. what we can learn a lesson that we can have gratitude and we can have appreciation, right? So through all of this, there can still be gratitude. There can still be appreciation. There can still be these positive things that come from it. And I also think when we talk about grief, we don't talk about resilience. And I think that's a big part of grief is resilience. Like as people, we are so resilient, right? And so, yes, you can have the worst two months right now and then you can find a way to bounce back. And you can find a way to say, listen, I can still have an amazing future from here. Right. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's important that we don't look to our society to process the pain as soon as possible. Right. So, oh, so God, no. Right. Like, I think that as a society, we want to go back to normal ASAP. And I just don't think like we just don't live in a culture where like we don't know how to grieve because we just want it to be over. And I think that before we started this, we was talking about like, just because we're working from home, people are um, experiencing loss and they're not even taking off of work. Right. So that's that thing where our society just wants us to be back to normal as soon as possible. Like as if even if you gave me three days, as if that is enough for me to properly kind of go through the range of feelings to be able to even care about the work that you're asking me to do. Right. And it would be wonderful if we had grief leave as a thing, but that'll, that's, that's a whole, a whole nother, a whole nother thing. But, and sometimes too, I mean, we have to look at all of the things, right? Like, so we take time off, we, we do what we can, but me, but sometimes also to move through the grief, sometimes work is a nice distraction. So knowing what, right. But also knowing like when this is where we need to find the language, like the language to advocate for ourselves, the language to say, you know what, this isn't okay. Like I, I, today I'm not okay. So I'm not going to be able to do this today. And I'm going to be, I'm going to take it off from work. And really where we need more empathic leaders who understand that you need the time off, right? Like, yes, this is a time where people are like clinging to any sort of, it's really clinging to some normalcy, right? Like we're clinging to whatever the jobs are, whatever the jobs that are still remain, like we're clinging to them and like holding on so, so, so tight when we just loosen up a little bit and we let some of the feelings come in and then we let the morning happen and we experience the joy. And then in there, from those, just even those two emotions right there, we may, we may be able to start to create more. And what will that creation be like? And then the leaders will be able to, to really help you cultivate more as a worker. What will come up next will be amazing, but you want to feel supported and held. You know, that's just my wish that, that, <laughs> that is, it's, I know it's a wish. I do know that it is a wish, but it is a wish that people will feel supported and held in the positions that they hold by their leaders, by their managers, by the executive directors of their organizations, by their CEOs that like, if you need to take a day off right now and just sit in your comfortable pants and binge watch Netflix, that you feel safe that the next day you can wake up and get your work done and show up back at your, your makeshift desk, (laughs) right. And um, show up for your zoom meetings and do all of those things. And that, that there is that understanding that we don't have to, even when we go back, right. When we go and by say back, I mean, are, are in an office because it will be very, very different than it was six months, six weeks ago or six months ago. There is new language around taking care of yourself and new language around expectations of people. And I think people are expected to, should be expected to work and get their jobs done. But I was at a, a live podcast taping recently, a um, little shout out to Randy's end. She talked about stress and uh, overworking, what that was doing to us as a culture. And there was a panelist of guests and how they, every single one of the panelists, had burnt out at one point and what they did to um, recoup and 
get back on and create a lifestyle that was both nurturing and also at the same time financially solvent so that they they were they were held in in both places right uh not that they didn't experience stress and anxiety and all of those things that i mean they're just feelings but they had new language around it and they were able to create from a place of burnout and so can we find a way that we don't have to burn out in order to then create a lifestyle for ourselves that is sustainable is i would love that um i think what came up for me was compassion so we're asking for compassion from our employers. We're asking from, you know, these companies and everybody to be more compassionate about them around their employees. I also think about self-compassion because I think um, it's like the start to healing. You have to have some self-compassion. Um, so for me, there was a couple of days in here where, um, you know, I was struggling with my routine um, and I was struggling with being productive. And I had to really dig deep to find that self-compassion for myself. Cause it was just like, everybody's telling me I have all this, this time. Everybody is saying I'm supposed to be so productive, but I just don't feel it. And I was like, okay, Anisha, even though, you know, everyone's telling you you're supposed to be doing this. What if it's just not working for you? And if that is just okay. And I think again, it's just this permission that you have to, and I talk about it so much because talking to people on a daily basis, I'm noticing that we don't give ourselves permission to be anything other than that thing that we think we're supposed to be. What if you can't be that thing that you think that you're supposed to be right now, right? Is that okay? So I think that self-compassion is going to be a huge part of this. So for me, like I can't change what's going on around me. So I'm trying to do like a gratitude journal, right? Like talking about the things that, you know, I am thankful for and, and just appreciation. Like what, what do I appreciate? Cause I realized that when this is over, And it's going to be like, I think it's going to be like life before pandemic, life after pandemic kind of thing. That's how 100%. 100%. Yes. Life after pandemic. Pre-pandemic, after pandemic. Yes. Right. Like who was I before? Who am I after? And so I'm thinking about like what rituals and routines am I going to want to take with me after this is over, right? That I really appreciate. And there's going to be some stuff that I just want to kind of throw away. Um, but there, there will be other things. And I think that the journaling, um, about the things that, um, I'm grateful for and that I appreciate, I think that is one thing that I want to take with me after this is over because I want to be able to have gratitude even when things are going well. And sometimes we only try and really look really hard for it when things are really going bad in our lives, but I want to be able to look for it all the time. So I'm trying to figure out like, what are the rituals that, um, I want to take with me? Um, and so, and when I, well, I have another thought now. Now, <laughs> Yes, ma'am. Um, we're talking about grief and loss. And I think that because of COVID, the rituals that we normally have when we experience loss, like funerals, right? And how we get right. together as people and how we're there for each other, we're unable to do that, right? And so I think that's what's been breaking my heart a bit that people in some ways are grieving in self-isolation, right? Like I can't hug my friend who has lost someone. I, you know, I, I can't bring her food and just sit with her and talk with her in a way that would normally happen. Um, there's so many people who may not have closure, right? Because how this thing is happening, people can't see their loved ones, right? So people are in the hospital and they can't right. have their families around them. So like this ritual that we yeah. normally have around supporting each other, we're unable to do that. So like, it's going to be so important that we figure out other ways to support each other and figure out other rituals to have. And other ways, right. It's just, I mean, when you talk about it, and I know that we had talked about it before we got started today too, like what, what those rituals really represent are, you've just given everybody permission to like write a gratitude journal and to, you've given permission to have all your feelings. And in, in those rituals, we give families and loved ones permission to come together to have either to begin the grief from the closure or to, or to close, depending. What kind of rituals can we put in place and how to sit with, I mean, no matter what the ritual is or what experience, we all will have to come, come home to ourselves and sit with our feelings mm-hmm. and how to really allow those then those feelings because touch is so important in those moments, right? Think of how many people you hug at a funeral. Yeah. Yeah. 
where you're going to get that that support and that hug and that that closure it's just it's it's over the even thinking about it is overwhelming me it's so sad and you want to just run out and hug everybody and you can't and you can't do it so because you're keeping them safe which is just so crazy but true and so as we as we move into different experiences of what's what things are going to be like like what what will we do for these kind of rituals and even on i mean we're talking about funerals but what about we've we've canceled so many weddings like like yeah uh, i mean weddings upon weddings upon weddings have been canceled which is another place where you like you experience love and joy like i love a wedding good lord i love a wedding good food <laughs> dancing drinking i mean i love everything about it meeting new people out right like baby yeah. showers out wedding showers out bridal parties out like all of those things they're just like right now they're not a thing and we know that they'll come back in some form but there may not be we it there may not be a 300 person wedding in the next 6 to 8 months and especially in our area so what like what what will that feel like like it will be an amazing experience of joy but people that you love i mean in a 300 person wedding <laughs> I don't, I'm not knocking a 300 person wedding, but maybe you don't not, you're not so tight with everybody. So, but like you may limit it to the people that are so close to you and it may be more intimate, right? And those experiences just may be more profound and more powerful and may make it to your gratitude journal, right? Like it could be, you know what I mean? Like that, that we may be experiencing a time where intimacy takes on, um, new in a in a new way right because we're gonna find there's always like the fear of intimacy right like we've talked about that for years and years and years and you can like let me go back to instagram we can see it everywhere <laughs> um but also like it's something that people talk about it's like a layman's term right the fear of intimacy but that may this may be something that may be heightened right now because we when we become closer it as we the groups become smaller and things become more intimate, we are going to have to find more emotional language to be able to talk to each other and be with each other and be more open to another person, another person's experience, right? Because we're going to be, it's just going to be tighter. There's something about, I mean, the original question that Don asked us about working at home and doing the work that we're doing, there is something more intimate about the work that we're doing now too, because of what we're, we are people who sit with intimate feelings all the time, but this is also a time for uh, people to be more intimate with them, with themselves. And so their expressions are more raw. And I think that if you are somebody who's listening, who's thinking or considering uh, therapy at this time, this is a to really be able to process what what is going on. And that experience with a therapist is something that you can really dig in, create new language and new space for yourself because this self-isolation, this isolated time is creating more intimacy with yourself and like you and I Nisha are able to really help dig in and like pull out some of that stuff and like make it um spread it out so that it doesn't get all clumped up together like spread it out I'm like thinking of a cooking like baking you know like you get all the materials together but it's like we're going to help you knead out all of the thoughts and that into that internal dialogue that you're having and really like just help you experience it fully. You know, I, I think that there's going to be so many people that are going to need help with making sense of this loss. And mm -hmm. they're going to need some type of guidance or some type of framework for how to understand it. And I think that that's where therapy is going to come in. It's going to be super important because we are containers for people's thoughts and feelings, right? Like, so mm -hmm. this is a place where you can come and, you know, I can contain all of it. I can take all of it in for you. I can be there with you. Um, also, and I can help you figure out how to go through this loss and how to understand it and how to process your pain. Because I do think that we're also a society where there's an expectation for us to be strong. But like, if you go to therapy, your therapist can tell you like, oh, you don't have to be strong. It's okay. Oh, <laughs> right? No, like, no, we no, understand right out the window. Like, like, please, <laughs> what does that really mean? <laughs> you know, and we are able to kind of like sit with you in that. And so I think it's going to be so important 
after, you know, not after, but like as we process um, the experience that we're having is that people, it would be great for them to start to come to therapy, to start to have language around these thoughts, these emotions, these feelings that they're having. Because like you said, I think that people are going to have to share their story in a different way too now. I think as we meet each other after the pandemic, I'm going to maybe want to know more about you. I might want to know your story in a different way. And so like a lot of people are not always comfortable sharing that story, but maybe if you can kind of get in touch with yourself a little bit more, it might be easier for you to um, sit with someone and tell your story. Cause I think that you're going to be in more intimate relationships, more intimate gatherings with others and more might be asked of you than ever before to kind of take that mask off and let people under the hood of the car and really kind of see what's going on under there and who you are. And I think you're going to want to tell it. I think that Mm -hmm. you're, you're going to want to make new connections and tell it to somebody, to more, more people, let people know you a little bit deeper. I'm excited for that. I think our, I think our producer has one more question for us. I do have one more question. (laughs) Do you now, Don? I do. So, um, I think for our listeners today, you know, we took them on a journey of kind of, I'd like to say, micro stages of grief where we've had different conversations about how that looks like um, from beginning to end, be it from anger, bargaining, depression, denial. But the one thing that I think is the biggest one of that is acceptance. Um, and I just got a message that we're 15 minutes from wine time. So that's part <laughs> of our acceptance. Um <laughs> I'll let y'all guess which one of us typed that up. Go ahead. (laughs) This is what happens when you're doing a podcast in a pandemic. (laughs) It's always one time. (laughs) We are are not advocating for any time of day wine time. Go ahead. (laughs) This is on a weekend, by the way. So folks, you know, different rules apply. I think this has also been the stages for you ladies today. You know, we talked about denial, anger, acceptance. I mean, depression, bargaining. And I think the one thing we did talk about was how you accept all of these things and how you're dealing with all these things with the information and communications, the emotional support, the guidance and direction that you get every Friday, uh, or in this case on a Sunday, for this hour, hour and a half session that we do for, for this podcast. And I would like for the two of you, one at a time, of course, to talk about what it means to you to have that hour, hour and a half, what it means to you, um, how it helps you to deal with all of those things we just talked about today. And by the way, thank oh. you for having me on and giving me the honor to uh, to be on the podcast and also to produce this wonderful show. Oh, we are so grateful for you, Don. You, you have no idea. <laughs> um, do you want to start? Um, sure. So I think for me, there is a lot of responsibilities that I have and the fact that because of what I do, um, you know, I take in a lot of people's um, feelings on a, on a daily basis. And then I have my own right to kind of to deal with. Um, and I think that actually during the week feels very serious. That's what I'll say. But I think that this time that we have together is a lot less serious for me. It feels like Anisha's back, right? Like Anisha who laughs who is always smiling and is like super upbeat and super talkative, like she's back. And I, and I appreciate that because I miss her sometimes. I miss um, being that person because I don't have the social connections to be that person sometimes, I think too, right? Like I am home <laughs> all day, right? Like I'm not <laughs> seeing people, you know, I'm not out with people. I'm not having like a hundred Zoom calls, you know? I just haven't been doing all of those things. Um, and so for the last couple of days, I've actually been alone. I actually got to have this last night. So I'll quickly talk about that and I'll find a way to answer your question, Don. There was a battle of like two producer songwriters, Teddy Riley and Babyface last night. And I couldn't wait because like I'm a I'm a girl of the 90s. Right. So this was my time. This is my era. Like I couldn't wait. It didn't quite happen, guys. Like it was some sound issues. Right. But OK. Uh, what was it? Uh, DJ D nice decided to like have his quarantine party and give us the battle that we were looking for. And then after that was over, there's another DJ that I know from New York city. His name is DJ SNS. He did the same thing. So I was literally in my house 
dancing around until about two o'clock in the morning. And I know my neighbors were so upset. And this is the funniest part. And I'm just going to say it because I like to be transparent sometimes. I was dancing so much. I had to put a bra on. I was like, oh my God, like this is like, I need to, because I've been around all day. It was a Saturday. I was like, just chilling. No, like, I'm really dancing now. <laughs> oh God, girl. <sighs> I sang and danced all night long. So again, that's who I am. I felt like myself. So I think in all of this, I am grieving the loss of parts of myself that are just not here because things just feel so serious. And then there was like memes upon memes last night and I haven't laughed so hard in maybe a year after all of these memes that they had online last night. I needed it so much. So for me, I think I am grieving the loss of this part of me that's just like super energetic and like some would say is a little bit too much. And I'm like on 10 and I miss being on 10 because like my normal right now is like a five or six. So I think on Fridays I get to be on 10 again and Diana loves it and Don loves it. And so, yeah, that's what's going on. <laughs> that's what this does for me. It, it, it helps me. It brings back the old Anisha who's usually on 10. <laughs> Oh, I do love that Anisha on 10. So there's so many things that I want to go back to and what you just said, but I might just answer my the question. But all I can, one of the things that I do that I am missing is that moment where you come into my office with the shoes. So I, I'm going to out you with the shoes. So Anisha wears like real, real adult woman shoes to work. I have like, I have like a, a string of clogs. Like I have winter clogs, spring clogs, and summer clogs all from the same place. I rotate them out. Like they're all the same. It's all the same. But Anisha, no, 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 no. We have a shoe closet for her in the office and she got some shoes. And then when we're ready to go, there is the switch from the shoes to the sneakers because she is not walking the streets of New York City in those shoes. And <laughs> so I am... So I do, I miss that. I do, I miss that a lot. That is like one of the favorite parts of my day. That and the fact that her lipstick all day doesn't, doesn't, <laughs> doesn't, nope, doesn't go anywhere. And I too, I was at a dance party last night. I did not go to the battle. I went to the D nice quarantine party. It turns out that my partner wasn't here. He was out last night taking care of his family. And uh, I had a little dance party with myself and I loved it. But I mean, I'm going back like 20 years with this dance party. I'm like, this is the best thing that ever happened to me. because <laughs> It's allowed me to go dancing at 7.30, which is my prime time now, not 11 o'clock at night. So four o'clock in the morning, unlike Anisha, I was not up till two. Um, and so I loved that, but I was caught up between that and I'm, I'm binge watching uh, Unorthodox. So I had to catch up. I'm not done yet. So I got one more episode later. One of the things that has been, uh, for me, something that has been really helping me in my own set of feelings and grief is I miss, uh, I miss my yoga class. And like, I miss yoga in a way that like, like, I can't, I don't even know how to, how to say, it. I don't even like, I, I miss being in a, and there's so many different incarnations of yoga that I miss right now, but um, like yoga studios across New York are closing and shuttering their doors and yo the whole, the whole wow. thing is going to be different. I'm, it's so heartbreaking to me. And that was happening prior to the pandemic. And that was really heartbreaking for me. But like now to see what has been such a big part of my life uh, shift in such a way. And then yesterday, so I've been getting up on Saturday mornings, like I'm working out during the week uh, and I'm doing, I'm, practicing yoga and I'm doing at home boot camp. And, um, but Saturday I set aside this time and I teach my, myself, my own class, which is like a class that I would have taught 10 years ago. And yesterday I had this moment where I was like, I'm going to find, it was the CD that I used to play. I don't have the CD in my house, but I found it on iTunes and downloaded this, uh, Ram Dass CD and, uh, listened to him while I was practicing and for, a, and I, Anisha, you might not, do you know who Ram Das is? No, maybe not. His book is called Be Here Now. Like that is his okay. most famous book. He's written a million other books, but that is his most famous book. And in this particular CD that I was listening to, it was not Be Here Now, but I was reminded to 
be here, just here in the moment. And there was like a beautiful meditation at the end. And I did that meditation and that's been making, I don't know, it's just been, it's, it's bringing me such joy, but I do, I am noticing that backbending where like you really have to open your heart and be really open is very hard for me. So like I'm grounded and I'm doing forward, forward folding poses and making sure that like I'm feeling connected to the earth. And that's been, that's really helped me to feel like myself. I am, I'm on 10 in a different way than in the world for sure. Um, but I too am constantly moving and constantly, uh, thinking and creating. And I get a lot of, a lot of self. My professional ego is very important to me. <laughs> that's the best way for me to put it. Like working is very important. Creating and working and growing, um, our bit, our practice is very important to me and not being able to like be in the office and get my hands on it in the way, like if I'm at work and can touch it, it just, it feels, uh, safer that I've been working a lot behind the scenes and making sure that like things like that are happening. And, um, I think my yoga practice and definitely that, uh, I have recommended that D and I stand party to so many people and like those are two those also those experiences it's interesting because those two the dancing and the yoga really happened for me so long ago and I feel like I'm going back to a time where I can like recreate that part of myself in a new way like they've been I've been sort of going through the motions of all of them and now like I'm dancing and I'm doing yoga in the same in the same day I mean that's like that's a girl in her 30s that was a long time ago. So like, I'm glad that that girl's still there because I liked her. So like, not that I don't like who I have grown to become, but like that I can find that playfulness in my day has been really helpful for me. I hope we answered your question, sir. You did, ladies. You did. And um, again, um, <laughs> we're, we're so going to get the hang of this. <laughs> yeah. We, we, you ladies are rock stars. So, uh, um, I would just like to say again, I'm glad that I can help facilitate a, a place for the two of you to be real. No pun intended. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's, it's a lot of fun to sit here and, and, uh, watch this show progress, watch, you know, you two ladies progress as podcast hosts. I'm not going to really say who my favorite one is because now there's two. Um, you both are pretty good. Um, we'll, we'll leave it at that. How about that? Um, okay. I mean, we still have Divya, so we don't know. I mean, she might be, she, she might may be come back hole. and just like, she, yeah. that could be it. We yeah. could just be taking a back seat. It's yeah. true. We but, don't know what's going to happen I when our girl, when our girl has, <laughs> when I, you're right. I could. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it's safe yeah. to say that Friday, this Friday hour, when we, when we are normally together on Friday morning is the highlight of my week for sure. Well, thank you, ladies. We have, a, awesome have other morning. pockets of sunshine, but this really, this really makes my day. So before we are done, Diana, is there any tips or anything that you would want to tell our listeners who are dealing with grief before we kind of end this? My suggestions are always to sit with the feeling and wait for another feeling to come and remember that another feeling will come. Um, and that if it becomes too overwhelming, uh, to, and you're in the New York area to reach out to us, bewellpsychotherapy.com. And we were, we are ready. And there's definitely somebody on our team, whether it's myself or Anisha, a member of our team who has time to see you and help you to find a way to sit and tolerate the feelings. The most important thing is that the feelings will shift. And that you want to remind yourself of that whenever it becomes too overwhelming. And also uh, another another tip that I like that has helped me and also I've seen it helped hundreds of people is to remind yourself that you're okay. Like you don't have to be great. You don't have to do, you, there's nothing more that you have to do, but just to like, even just to like put your hands across your chest and like take a deep breath and remind yourself that you're okay. We got yeah. you. Yeah. I, you know, I think that is so important to acknowledge your pain, right? Wherever it's coming from, right? Mm -hmm. um, no loss is greater because they lost something different than what you feel like you lost, right? So I just want people to have permission to acknowledge all types of loss. I think first and foremost, that's really important. Um, acknowledge your pain, practice self-compassion, take some steps to be more grateful and don't feel the pressure to be strong in this moment because uh, 
Yeah, being strong is not always the way. I know they've told us that, but it's a complete crock of, you know what, guys? <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't even know what being strong really means. <laughs> do the best that you can, I would say. If there's going to be pressure, just do just be do the best that you can, whatever that is from day to day. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, we're going to end with this. So my longtime yoga teacher, her grandmother used to say to her, and it's one of my favorite phrases that she says to me all the time. And she says, you know what, girl? It's not that bad. It's just that way. And like, if you just sit with that for a second and you're like, it's just that way. And then you remind yourself that you're okay. And we're going to keep on moving. We're just going to keep on moving. All right. Till next time. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Safe. And keep washing your hands. Yes. Thank you for listening to the Be Real podcast. Stay connected to us and subscribe to Be Real wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are feeling it, how about a five-star review? If our conversation sparked a question, join us in the Be Real podcast Facebook group. We hope that you have walked away with some new insights, curiosities, and ideas to better help you on your journey to mental wellness and overall well-being. I encourage you to go to bewellpsychotherapy.com and check out our services and programs. Again, that's bewellpsychotherapy.com. Okay, we have to stop here, but I'll see you next week.